The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Today's episode of the Eastern Insider brought to you by the letters T, S, and A. You ask why? Because Alex and I are doing our best to hang out in the airports these days on this episode of the Eastern Insider. That's right, Greg. This is the first ever, in my calculation, remote show that we're doing. I'm actually in the airport right now. I'm at Chicago Midway Airport. I'm on my way with our women's basketball team to Oklahoma. They play there tomorrow night at the Lloyd Noble Center. Big arena, big atmosphere, big time game, and a big time homecoming for Fred Castro and his team. A lot of the players, three of them, are from Oklahoma City right down the road. Fred Castro went to Oklahoma, was a manager, and then an employee with the Sooners women's basketball program. So a big homecoming that I'm a part of right now, and I know that you have some exciting travel this afternoon. You get to head down to Mobile, Alabama on the advanced trip, one of the first Eastern Michigan employees to go down and take a look at the situation for the bowl game. We all know the bowl game is in. The selection is here, Eastern Michigan will play in the Lending Tree Bowl against Liberty on December 18th. An exciting time for an Eastern Michigan fan. We were all waiting on the edge of our seat to see where we were. Now we know that it's going to be Mobile, Alabama. Yep, we are flying to the Lending Tree this afternoon. You you go through uh, TSA a little before me, and then I'll be up in the air this afternoon. But it'll be a good trip for Eastern Michigan. It'll be a business trip. And you'll hear from Coach Creighton uh, in this episode a little bit. Uh, as we caught up with some with him and a few players last night following their banquet as they met for the 59th time to hold their annual football banquet. And Jose Ramirez, the big winner on the night as he comes away uh, with three different awards as part of it. We'll talk to him as well as Thomas Otakoya in this show. Uh, but they are getting themselves ready for uh, the upcoming game against Liberty. They know it'll be a tough battle against a very talented offense led by you freeze as their head coach. Uh, but yeah, the chance to get down there to uh, take in the sights of Alabama second time yeah. Eastern played in the, in the South. And I, I don't want to hear any complaints out of you about the airport, the TSA. Uh, you and I left the convocation center last night, close to midnight. My alarm went off at three 45 this morning to get on my plane. So I do not feel that I will be already touched down in Norman by the time you get on your plane. So I don't want to hear about that. But uh, real quick, Greg, well, before we get into the interviews today, we've got a jam-packed show. Explain to the listeners a little bit, if you will, about what is this trip that you're taking today and why is it important for you're going to go down there. Ben Herman's going to go down there, the assistant AD for equipment. Andy Rowden, our senior associate athletic director, will go down there uh, and a couple other areas. We'll head down to the bull site early. I think it's a good insight on all the preparation that really t- goes into a game many people don't know about. Yeah, you also will have Julian Pollitz from development and then, of course, Dylan Saccone from the football operations side that make the trip. Uh, really, it, it's kind of a usually you have a whole summer to put plans together. You know where you're going uh, in terms of putting together tailgates and all that. Here you have less than 14 days to figure out where you're going to hold an alumni pep rally. How are you going to pull off locker room space, travel plans, book buses? Uh, how do you park a, a semi truck that has all the equipment? All those things will be in consideration. Where do you hold your uh, post game press conferences? Where I'll be checking. Where is the radio broadcast? 
how do we pull off signing day, which is next Wednesday or that Wednesday of bowl week uh, in a remote location because we've never had to pull that off. So and where's the best seafood? Where's the best seafood down in Mobile, Alabama? That's going to be a big, I need you to report on that. Everybody else can do the more important work. I I need you at least to find us a few good dinner options. Well, of course, uh, Adam Kuffner spent many years down in Oxford, Mississippi at Old Miss. He's now up here. He's already told me a few places we've got to go. Uh, so we'll, we'll be checking those out. I don't know that I'll have time uh, to fully uh, to sample all the, the delicacies, but we'll, we'll make sure to, to, to get it a place or two. Not just as, as uh, Andy or Tom would want, just we're not going to hit every Chick-fil-A between here and, and uh, Mobile. No, there's certainly more things to uh, to do down there than just hitting the Chick-fil-A. And, and really, when we, we'll talk more and more about the bowl game. We'll do a bowl episode coming up before the game on the 18th that really dives deep into it. But what an awesome opportunity for Eastern Michigan. We already know the historic meaning of them going to another bowl game, the fourth in six years for Eastern Michigan, quite an accomplishment under head coach Chris Creighton. But you think about the opportunity to go down to Mobile, play a, a really good Liberty team. And Mobile is a really awesome area. Um, the birthplace of Mardi Gras, so much history down there. One thing Eastern Michigan's gotten really lucky with, Greg, is in their bowl games, they've got some awesome locations and really had a chance to embrace different uh, cultures and traditions. And it's certainly an opportunity to do that in this bowl game. And that's a good opportunity as well for us to tell you that both tickets are officially on sale. We want to see you in Mobile ahead of the holiday. No better time of the 18th. That's a Saturday. It's a 445 Central Time game, 545 back here. We'll be on ESPN and WEMU if you can't get down to the game. But what an awesome opportunity. There's going to be so much fun stuff going on. We already have a tentative schedule, Mardi Gras parade, pep rallies, the game itself. Greg, how can our listeners get themselves some tickets and get their spot secured for the trip down? Yeah, if you go online right now, emueagles.com slash bowlbound, you'll see the splash page we built that will have everything you need to know about the Lending Tree Bowl, from tickets to ticket locations to make sure you're remembering the clear bag policy that they have in store there, uh, as well as places to stay, eat, and what to do while you're in Mobile. All that, emueagles.com slash bowlbound. We also uh, need to remind you, it's a big week on campus. Alex and I may not be on campus right now, but we need you to come to campus coming up this Saturday. It is George Gervin Day presented by Game Above. Uh, the Iceman himself will be in attendance. Uh, we will have an interview with the Iceman coming up, hopefully after that for our shows following. Uh, but we need you to help cram the convo, ice it out, wear white, and come out loud and strong as the FIU Panthers will be in attendance for the 1 o'clock game coming up on the 11th. If you're a student listening, Listen to this. This is the honest truth. There's no taglines. There's no hook and sinker. If you come to the game and you're an Eastern Michigan student, a thousand students will walk in, sign up, and get a $75 gift card just for being in attendance. 3,500 t-shirts, 3,500 rally towels. If you're an Eastern Michigan employee and you come to the game, a $100 donation for every employee that comes to the game will be made to the EMU Emergency Fund. Unbelievable opportunity to come out and do some real good in the community, on our Eastern Michigan community, but also to honor George Gerben, one of the very best alumni that we have and one of the best champions for Eastern Michigan athletics. He's done so much across the globe, has always kept pushing our brand and our name in the blocky. And so a great opportunity to come out. He will be here in attendance. There'll be all sorts of festivities. It's going to be an incredible, incredible day. So we need you to come out to the convo. 
on Saturday. Greg mentioned a 1 p.m. tip. Make sure you're out here and join us at the Convocation Center uh, for, for that action. So clearly, Greg, a lot going on on campus, a lot to look forward with the bowl game. You have the chance to get on the plane and go down to Mobile, Alabama. We'll look forward to a full report on what we can expect from that. I have to keep going and getting on a plane to Norman, Oklahoma, where women's basketball will try to pull off a pretty big upset tomorrow night. But before can that, you confirm we... or deny that you may be a candidate for the open head coaching football position at Oklahoma. I know you're flying there. They just also happen to have an opening. There may be a press conference. Why today. did you tell like, the people? Why did you tell the people? No, of course not. You know that I bleed green and white. I'm not leaving for Oklahoma unless there's private jet usage involved because I have not yet gotten that at Eastern Michigan, but we're working on those details. So I'm going to get down to Oklahoma. More importantly, I've got some ribs to get to tonight. You've got a trip and we've got a lot of jam-packed action on this show. On the other side of the break, we're going to listen in to some reaction from the football banquet last night with you, Greg Steiner. You've got Chris Creighton, Jose Ramirez, and Thomas Otakoya. A little bit of a mashup there of some of their best comments from last night. And then we'll go into a really special interview with EMU track and field alumnus, uh, <laughs> community-involved member, executive at many different Fortune 500 companies. There's so much to, to say about Mark Lee's resume. Now he's back home in the Detroit area, teaching in Eastern Michigan, running his own business, making a huge impact on the Southeast community, Southeast Michigan community. So he's going to spend some time with me talking about his uh, journey throughout life and how much of an impact Eastern Michigan has had on him. And really a great conversation about all the ways that sports, business, and the world are connected and how Eastern Michigan involved with that. So Greg, unless you have anything else, I think it's time for us to shut this one down, send it to break, and then come back for the rest of these Gen Insider podcasts. Nope. I, the only thing I would add is give Mark a good listen. He knows what he's talking about as one of the best in the business and one of the nicest guys you'll meet as well. He is. Well, we are going to keep going forward here today. I'm headed to Oklahoma. Greg's heading to Mobile. We'll try all the good food and festivities for all of you. And then we can't wait to see you on Saturday at the Convocation Center and then on December 18th in Mobile, Alabama for the Lending Tree Bowl. For now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. Football and Mark Lee on the other side. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan. By providing access to care, however, wherever and whenever they need it, Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Whether you're in the D or out to sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Podcast. Alex Shule alongside another guest today in Mark Lee. And if you look up the definition of Renaissance man, I think Mark <laughs> Lee's picture might show up. I mean, if you talk about all the things that he's done in his career, first and foremost, an EMU alum, a student athlete here at Eastern Michigan during his time, a very successful businessman, now owns his own business here in Detroit, back home, teaching at Eastern Michigan University writing for Crane's Detroit Business, hosting a radio show. I could go on for an hour in this conversation, just me telling you about the things he's done. But instead of that, we'll introduce him and let him tell you about some of the journeys that he's taken, both to Eastern Michigan and since his time here. So Mark, first and foremost, thanks for joining us on the show today. Um, incredibly excited to have you here. I want to thank you for inviting me to be a guest on the show. Look forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right in because we have so much that we can talk about uh, in terms of your pathway. And 
it's been a really unique one. And we're going to hit on a lot of different areas because not many of the guests that we talk to have experienced both as a student here and then somebody who sees things from afar. And now someone who comes back to work at the university they went to, but you do have that. But I want to start um, with your experience as a student athlete and a student here at Eastern Michigan University. I know that you're somebody who was born and raised in the Detroit area and chose Eastern Michigan. And it wasn't necessarily on your radar at first, but it was a trip coming back from the University of Michigan where you stopped that made you fall in love with this place. Yeah, it's a very true story. Uh, first of all, you know, I am from Detroit. Uh, I actually graduated from uh, suburban Detroit, Southfield High School. And, and when I was at Southfield High School, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to participate in sports uh, and specifically uh, focus on track. I had the opportunity of running track at Southfield High School and set a couple of records and high jumping and things like that. And my, my one of the other top tracksters from Southfield High School, we were kind of being recruited by the University of Michigan, and, and more so him than me. He was out there than me. <laughs> but long story short is, is we drove up uh, to Ann Arbor and had a chance to spend time with the coach there. And on our way back to Detroit, we stopped at Ypsilanti at Bowen Fieldhouse, at Bowen Fieldhouse, had the opportunity of sitting one-on-one, actually two-on-one with the legendary coach, Bob Parks, the track coach at Eastern Michigan University. And while talking to him, what became clear to me is nothing against U of M at all. Great program, we know that. Um, but EMU's academic standards didn't me. It was much more a fit for me. Smaller classroom sizes, the opportunity to be taught by uh, professors and, and other like-minded people, that appealed to me. The opportunity in learning more about the Mid-American Conference and track, Eastern Michigan's track program, that appealed to me. So I made a decision to actually attend Eastern Michigan over the University of Michigan. Now, you know, the question becomes, the other part of your comments, why did I fall in love with EMU? As a student athlete, it also became clear for me, to me, that academics was a major part of the process. Uh, student athletes have always stood well with me, being a student first and then being an athlete. I'm a great example. I was not a track star. I didn't become an Olympian. And so therefore my track career ended. But Eastern Michigan prepared me. It prepared me uh, for the post-athletic life and the post-graduate life of getting a job and working in the real world. So I will forever be grateful to those educational opportunities as well as the sporting opportunities that I got at the university. I've got to ask you because it's a person we talk a lot about, but you know, for my experience, I was I was never lucky enough to really have too much time with coach parks before he passed away mm -hmm. did get to meet him a time or two when he would come back to campus but you talk to people from every generation that's been around eastern michigan whether it's just with the track and field program or maybe just around the athletic department or the university and he had such a um an iconic kind of presence on campus I, i've got to ask you because you did get to run for him what mm -hmm. are some of the things that that made coach parks who he was you know, coach parks was a leader and what I mean by that, we heard that phrase a lot. He was not a screamer. He, he had this, he had this, he had this calmness to him that he was able to transfer to the athletes or the track team, right? So he was, he was never in your face. He never screamed at you. He literally was sitting and have conversations with you. He would challenge you. He drove us to be the best. How many MAC championships have we won over the years under his leadership? A ton. So he managed to challenge us. He forced us to get better each and every single day. He made it very clear also that sports is an avenue, but it's not necessarily the end, meaning that you can use it as a tool, but academics will always come first at this institution. So I get asked that question a lot. That's a great question. He was truly a calming influence in my life. 
He was someone that you could talk to. He would not judge you. He simply wanted you to be the best and represent this university the best way possible. Is that and by the way, that... and by the way, he wanted to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, wanted to win and did win. Both of those yeah. things don't always coincide, but certainly with him more than anybody, it did. But I'm, I'm interested to talk about that a little bit more because you, you talk about just that that influence that he was on you. Is that style of leadership something that you took with you past Eastern Michigan and, and tried to employ a little bit yourself as you took over more leadership positions in your own life? Absolutely. I think as a young child, we're taught that leaders have to be you know, loud and in your face. And I don't, I don't buy that notion. I think that um, leaders, they lead by example. They lead by doing. They're able to motivate other people and they're able to listen to people. And those are the three or four qualities that I take with me to this day. I left Eastern Michigan. I was also president of student body, as you know, at Eastern Michigan University. And I had to learn to listen to students. I had to learn to listen to the administration. I had to listen and learn and listen to all stakeholders. So one of the things that Coach Parks taught me, as I referenced earlier, under those three or four guideposts, I did take those as part of my life. And I still use those same principles today. I don't, I don't, you, you were a student of mine. We know that. Um, I've never been a screamer. I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. I show a lot of passion and hopefully that passion transfers to other people. And I think that's what leaders do is they're able to take that, um, take their work, take their mindset, take their vision and transfer it over to other people as well. Well, and you also talked about how Coach Parks really encouraged the teaching of what comes after sports and how important that was. And you just mentioned it yourself. For you, that started while you were still on campus. You were the student yeah. body president. You were very involved in different organizations. And I've got to ask you to give us a, a brief rundown of a story that I know you've told many, many times to a lot mm -hmm. of people. Um, but it, And it's not sports related, but how can you not talk about getting to meet Rosa Parks? The legendary, the late, the civil rights icon, the mother of the civil rights movement, Mrs. Rosa Parks, was truly an inspiration for me. As president of the student body, I greeted all the dignitaries that came to campus, and I represented the student body, along with uh, President John Porter, uh, obviously who has a name on the building, former president of the university, has long passed, that's his soul. But one day I was at Pease Auditorium and Mrs. Parks, as part of Humanitarian Days, which is what we still have today, called Margaret the King Days, um, she came in January of 1982. Here I am, a 20, 21-year-old college student, and I had the opportunity of having lunch with Mrs. Parks, number one. Number two is I had the opportunity of introducing her at Pease Auditorium. And I'm sitting there and I leaned over to her, just the two of us, and I said, Mrs. Parks, why did you do it? And Mrs. Parks, if you remember her, had a very soft voice. She was not a big person. She was fairly small. And she leaned over to me. She says, Mark, that really soft voice. I said, my goodness, she says my name. She says, Mark, I was tired. That Southern accent that she was from Alabama. She lived in Detroit. She says, I was tired. And I said, tired? And I'm thinking tired from working because she was a seamstress. And I looked at her again. I said, tired? She says, no, I was tired. At that point, it hit me, and a conversation continued. And I looked at her, and she told me how she met Dr. King. So at that point in time, I'm standing, excuse me, I'm standing in front of the audience at peace, and I'm nervous as heck. As soon as I started talking about Mrs. Parks, this calmness came over me when I introduced her. And I point that story out because here's a person who was small physically, but she was huge in terms of stature, and she had a major impact on my life. And to this day, I take some of the principles from her. Think about what I said about Dr. Uh, Mr. Park, uh, Coach Parks. Some of the exact same features, and those permeate through me throughout this day. 
But people love that story. And I had the honor and the distinction of spending time with Mrs. Rosa Parks, truly a highlight of my life and my career. When you, when that happens, when you go through something like that, because I've had awesome opportunities in my job already where I can specifically remember meeting somebody or, or getting an experience that it, it's like, wow, I look back now and every year that goes by, I think about that was really a lucky experience or really helped me in some way. When you are just in your early 20s and you get that opportunity, were you fully, I guess, what's the, what's the proper word? Were you fully aware of the magnitude of what was that meant? Or has that something been something that as you've gotten more experience in your life, you've looked back and said, wow, I, I have no idea what I, how lucky I was to have that. Yeah, I realized the magnitude of it because of, I, uh, I used to, I would study history and, and growing up in Detroit, you know, and she's from Detroit, we always heard about Rosa Parks. And so the magnitude was there for me. I think it's become that much greater the older I've gotten. Uh, and let me tell you why the magnitude was so harsh for me, because when I found out she was coming, I was nervous almost each and every single day. Because you're thinking, I want you to think about this for a second. Think of Rosa Parks and then think of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks and King Jr., and they were forever intertwined. And so I think in that context, I knew the magnitude of the situation. I've learned to appreciate it. So I appreciated it back then, but I've learned to appreciate it that much more today. Here's another reason why I tell that story. You remember we were student in my class. I told that story to our students. And every time I tell that story, I can almost see the jaws drop. And, and we're talking to diverse kids in our classrooms, all backgrounds of life. But people, a lot of them can relate to that story. And they're overwhelmed by the impact that she's had on my life and by the fact that I just simply met her. So the longer, the older I'm getting, the more mature I am. I continue to appreciate that story that much more. It certainly is an amazing story. Every time I hear you talk about it, I ask you different questions and get more engaged with it. It's just interesting. And now that I think about it, how um, not ironic, but how maybe fitting is it that it came full circle, Eastern Michigan football in their last bowl game uh, prior to the Quick Lane Bowl, the Camellia Bowl in 2018 was down in Montgomery, Alabama. So many historic landmarks, both Dr. King and Rosa Parks, that the team and I and, and everybody associated was able to see and really get to uh, experience, which was certainly amazing. What an experience. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg for the experiences you've had in your life. So take me through a little bit. We'll, we'll go back more to a more of an athletic slant, but mm -hmm. you're somebody that um, obviously has had a, an interesting career, as I alluded to before. And a lot of that time was spent in the marketing area, um, different businesses, different companies that everybody will recognize. Take us through just a little bit of your journey after Eastern Michigan, and then we'll jump in about how that kind of relates to some of the sports topics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, excuse me. Absolutely. So I came out of Eastern and I got a full academic ride to go to Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, um, obviously suburban Chicago. And I had my MBA in marketing. And since that time, I graduated back in the uh, mid-80s. I've spent my entire corporate career, 25 plus years, working at various corporations, some well-known brands. Uh, I was head of marketing regionally for PepsiCo, for example. Uh, I ran marketing out of Metro Detroit for the Big Ten country uh, for, for AAA also known as the Auto Club Group. I've worked with Blue Cross Blue Shield in Florida, so some legendary brands. And each stop along the way, uh, working in the marketing arena, uh, and I started at the most entry-level position and worked my way up to senior vice president, chief marketing officer for those organizations. And I was very fortunate. I was very blessed. And each one of those positions taught me the ability to communicate. It taught me the ability to listen, 
It also impacted me in terms of listening to what customers are looking for. Don't do things hard just because you want to do it, but you want to do things because that's what customers are looking for. And that kind of laid the foundation for me. I worked in marketing for 25 years in corporate, and I decided to start my own company called The Lead Group. And The Lead Group, we focus primarily on strategic marketing development and implementation in the areas of of branding, rebranding, integrated communications, and training and development. And that's what I have been doing for the last uh, 13 years. So the corporate experience gave me the foundational pieces and all those things that I've learned in the corporate space, I'm now using as an entrepreneur under the banner, the lead group. Well, if people want to hear full details on the corporate experience, they can take one of your classes because I can (laughs) tell you there's a lot of experiences that go into that and and your teaching method, which certainly I appreciated. But I am interested to know, because of course, this is a sports-related show and an athletics-leaning show. You know, you say the the names of those companies that you worked with, and at first listen, you might not equate AAA or Blue Cross Blue Shield with the sports arena, but I have a feeling that as a corporate marketer, sports and athletics plays a bigger role in any side of business, whether it's directly athletics or not, than people might think. And and I'm I'm certain that you had experiences with different athletic groups. Absolutely. I have experiences with some of the most uh, renowned brands and, and teams across the country. And let me give you an example. When I was uh, working in Florida at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Florida, I negotiated five-year deals as part of the corporate umbrella, the corporate marketing umbrella. We were getting ready to roll out a brand new brand, right? So I had the opportunity of negotiating five-year deals with the Miami Heat, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and one other team down there, I'm drawing a blank, uh, the basketball team, Orlando Magic. And, and directly, the question becomes, why? Sports and business do intersect. Sports is a business. And we know that marketing contributes to the growth of business. I was trying to look for high-profile events and programs that would help us to get our brand out there. So as a result, you know, we, we scoured the market in Florida and we, we negotiate these five-year deals. And I would tell you um, that our, our sales, our awareness levels, uh, we had an overall level of success that was incredible. In fact, I have a championship ring from the Miami Heat, obviously, as a corporate sponsor. I've also negotiated deals, for example, with Bobby Knight, Coach Bobby Knight, the legendary coach from uh, Indiana University. Uh, another great example of identifying someone in those days who's controversial, but we, we identified a, a, a special relationship with him that basically said, don't you get in trouble? Because once you get in trouble, this contract expires. But sports and, and marketing, you bring them together, uh, it's, 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 it intersects. And, and we've seen an explosion of sports marketing over the last 10, 15, 20 years. It's amazing how much of a vessel it is for messaging and even social change, public relations, whatever it may be. I don't know that there there may not be a better vessel to reach the general population than sports and, and college sports and professional sports specifically. You know, you look at what's happened. Let's look at the George Floyd movement, for example, a year and a half ago. And, and look how the NBA stepped up and they started to use their platform, right, to to send out key messages. The college teams, Eastern Michigan's great, a great example. Look at how our university and its sports program stepped up to help send out particular messages. You know, people can relate to sports. There's no question about it. And you look at the viewership levels, it's 50-50 between male and female. The demographics are, are fairly evenly split as well. So to your point, Alice, it's a very, is a nice vessel to get your messaging out. If it's done correctly, it can be very effective because despite what Charles Barkley said years ago, these athletes, whether you're collegiate or professional, male or female, you are a role model to a lot of young people. 
No question about that. Well, everybody hears your resume and some of the things you've talked about in terms of the companies you've worked for, senior executive at Blue Cross Blue Shield and, and all the way across the map. So I think a lot of people would ask you if they could interact with this interview um, why are you not sitting on a beach right now and enjoying <laughs> some downtime after all you've done? But you you talked a little bit too about coming back to this area. I know this is your home area and mm-hmm. you've mentioned the lead group, how much business you're doing uh, in the city of Detroit and around Detroit, helping others to really promote their brand and make an impact in the community. But you're also doing it here at Eastern Michigan. You've come back as a lecturer here on campus in the College of Business somewhere. I graduated from, so I'm a little biased. I think it's the best school on campus. Um, and then you, you stay involved with athletics in a lot of ways, and we'll talk about that. But just on a very base level, why, why come back and, and dedicate part of your life back to the university? Because the university has given me so much. And, you know, there's a phrase that we've heard, the crab in the barrel syndrome. And if you look, think of the concept, the crab cra- crawls up the side of a barrel. The other crabs will reach for to pull it back down. And so one of the things that my parents taught me was to always give back. Especially when you get to a certain level of success, when you get to the next level, you reach back and help others. Look, without Eastern Michigan, uh, I don't think I would have the level of success that I had. I mean, without Eastern Michigan, I would not have gotten that full academic scholarship to go to Northwestern because that scholarship was based on leadership. And guess what? I had to be involved in leadership positions at the university. So I just think it's important that we give back to the university that's given me so much. And, and look at look at our student base. I tell people we have the hardest working students, in my opinion, my opinion only, but I will stand by this, across the state of Michigan. We have students who have worked hard. They just want to have a chance. They want to have an opportunity to be like somebody like me or somebody like you. So why not give back to the university that gave me so much through teaching and transferring my knowledge to the student population? And that was a decision I made nine years ago. I'm in my ninth year uh, teaching back at Eastern, and I love every minute of it. And, And I don't do it before the accolades. I don't do it for the uh, for the, the awareness and the publicity. I do it because this is what I was taught to do, and this is what I love to do. And I honestly can say, Alice, that I think I've impacted so many students' lives uh, in this role as, a, as an administrator, I'm sorry, as a lecturer at Eastern Michigan. I mean, what 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 is life about? You know, it's helping others. I could be sitting on a beach, and one day I will be again, but right now I'm in, I'm in this chair, exactly, exactly the chair I would be at this point in my life. And you have a unique perspective. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the open, just as a student now back here working for the university. But even in your in your corporate career, I know that you kept close tabs on the university. Now, in your with your perspective of being back here, being so involved in the university, clearly you had some great opportunities when you were a student. But I have to imagine, I mean, just the opportunity for involvement and for growth and for different experiences outside of the classroom alone now I've got to be greater than ever here on campus. Delighted, man. I'll tell you, I'm honored, and and this is Eastern Insider, obviously a sports slant. Let me say, another reason why I'm honored, because the football team, the coaching staff, and the basketball team, the coaching staff will also invite me to come back and talk to prospective recruits, people that are recruiting, I should say, prospective students. And they asked me to give the perspective of What's it like, one, being a student athlete at Eastern Michigan, but also what is your experience going to be like in the classroom? So it is more than just giving back and and saying you can go to school and get a great job. No, it's about giving that real-life perspective, even as you're coming in as an Eastern Michigan student athlete. It's not just about the fact that you're going to play basketball. 
it's not just about the fact that you're going to play football. Not everyone's going to become our next NFL player. Not everyone's going to become our next NBA player. George Gervin, by the way, congratulations for, for the recognition to uh, uh, the Iceman, George Gervin out of Detroit. But it's important that we share these experiences with our student athletes as well. So it's more than just, it's, it's really more than just coming back and teaching in the classroom, but it's coming back and sharing life's experiences and how do you learn to navigate those obstacles you have to overcome that I've had to overcome in my life as well. It's certainly amazing to, to hear that. And student athletes and students in general on Eastern Michigan's campus, I mean, I know from my experience as a student, just the opportunities that are there to get involved in different things. I mean, we're sitting, I'm sitting right now in a production room that's all student ran with the exception of a few more seasoned vets, but we bring in interns for those that don't know. All of our ESPN production is done by students on campus. Um, there's interns in my office. You have people that uh, I'm, I know you've pointed in different directions to help out. There's so many opportunities outside of the classroom to get involved here on campus. And, you know, you mentioned that I, I was going to ask you about coming back and, and being part of some of the athletics programs too here. I know that uh, you just talked about getting to do that and your experience with that, but really just as an overarching theme, athletics at Eastern Michigan has always been a successful you know, side of the program for sure. You are part of a program that has an uncountable number of MAC championships and, and national championships even. But it seems like in the last five to 10 years or so, athletics has really gotten some momentum behind it. There's obviously been unprecedented success with Coach Creighton and the football team. Basketball has a lot of energy right now with another alumni and Detroit native coming back to take over the reins. Stan, he um, just interested from your perspective as both an alumni and a fan and, and a professor and someone who's so involved, what the momentum is like for somebody that's watching from the outside right now um, and why that's so important for the university. Momentum is, is very high right now compared to when I was a student there. The momentum, the momentum was not as strong back when I was a student. Uh, our football team, quite frankly, struggled big time. Uh, we were we were grappling and grasping for how to, you know, quite frankly, compete them back and win some games. Here's the difference. The difference is you have the right, we have the right coaches and staff uh, on place, right? Across the across the athletic department. I think we have the right leadership that's in play. And and now you're seeing that momentum coming behind Coach Creighton and what he's doing with the football team. And I have every confidence that Coach Heath can do the same thing along with all of our other coaches. What's driving that momentum is is the enthusiasm. Sports can sports probably Primarily, it's the front porch of university, right? If you think about that, and, and if, if, if you have a winning team, if you have the enthusiasm or whatever, your applications generally might be able to rise because of that, along with obviously the academic standards, the educational experience and things like that. But sports goes a long ways in driving the enthusiasm of the student body. If you can rally the student body, if you can rally the administration, if you can rally the faculty, uh, the, the, the community at large, there's no experience like that. So what I've noticed in 2021, late 2021 versus year ago, years ago, our momentum continues to build. And there's no experience like the entire collegiate experience of which sports is a part of that. And I have the utmost confidence that we're going to continue to grow and build that momentum. Let me say this. What happened this past weekend right up the road? How much enthusiasm did you see when the University of Michigan football team you know, beat the other team? And you just saw the momentum and the excitement, right? And, and I think that that is an indication of what sports can do for a university, a student body, and a community at large. 
I couldn't say it any better myself. And it's uh, also interesting in, in all of the different roles that you have, uh, maybe your most successful, despite all your success, is as a football coach. You were an honorary coach earlier <laughs> this year. The teams want to know with you at the helm, is it safe to say you've retired from uh, your head coaching duties? Well, you see over my shoulder, you see that football? That was <laughs> I the, do. That was the- that was the football given to me by Coach Creighton on the field. I think I coached against, uh, was it Texas Southern, I believe. Texas State, and, yep. Texas State. And we wowed them. And so many people asked me to sign a, another contract for another week. But I said, <laughs> no, I think Coach Creighton is doing a great job. So I think I'm going to retire <laughs> on top, undefeated. And, uh, and I'm hoping to get our team to a bowl game this year. What else can you ask for? <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I think you might need to rethink your retirement decision if you're going to get you know, Brian Kelly uh, type of money to, to oh. go, then the, the coaching carousel has certainly been uh, crazy in the last week or so. So, um, you know, it, it's also funny because I am interviewing you. I was a student of yours at one point, and, and I could go on for hours about the impact that you had on me as a student, mm-hmm. but you're usually the one that's sitting in this chair doing a lot of the interviewing, whether it's hosting a radio show. You also were involved here on campus with EMU today and the EMU TV side of things. Give us a little bit of a rundown of some of the, the media that you're involved in and how people can continue to stay connected with you and with the university through what you're doing. I, thank you for asking. I, I am very much involved. You can see me periodically on Fox 2 News in Detroit. Uh, you can see me periodically on Spotlight on the News on Channel 7 in Detroit, periodically on American Black Journal on Channel 56 out in the city. Uh, you referenced that I write a blog. I've been writing a blog for Crazy Detroit Business for 10 years. I contribute to Detroit Free Press, Detroit News. Um, and I have two radio shows. So if people want, the easiest way to follow me is to go to my website. And my website is very simple. It's Lee. My last name, Lee Group Innovation.com. That's Lee Group Innovation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Lee Group and on LinkedIn or Facebook at Mark S. Lee. Very simple. And I look forward to people just engaging with me. And uh, I would love to hear from you as well. Well, we can't thank you enough for taking some time with us today on the Eastern Insider Podcast. You mentioned it earlier, so I'll leave it with this. This Saturday, big day at the Convocation Center. It's George Gervin Day. He's coming back home. The stands are going to be full and ice out. Unbelievable giveaways thanks to Game Above, the sponsor. Every The first 1,000 students that walk in the door get a $75 gift card. So that's straight money if you come into the game. 3,500 t-shirts, bobbleheads, what all the works is involved. I know that you're so proud of George Gervin as both an EMU alum and someone from Detroit. Any thoughts on on what it means to see him continue to be represented and, and be honored here at Eastern Michigan? The opportunity of meeting the Iceman recently, uh, doing a basketball practice, and it was I was uh, forget everything I've done. I was a kid who was an all. I, it was a throwback to me being you know a lot younger than what I am. And I walked up to him. I just simply said this. I said, Mister Gervin, I am one of your biggest fans, and I love the fact that you're representing our university. And I just think that's what he's about. He's been a class act. Uh, the Iceman, he had that beautiful, oh man, he had that beautiful finger roll. I can see it's clear <laughs> as day. Had a very successful NBA career. And I'm just very proud of him for uh, what he's done for our university. And I'm so glad that the university is acknowledging him and, and doing what they should have done uh, a while ago. And I'm just very pleased to see he's getting his proper due recognition. Well, we appreciate that sentiment. I know that he will be excited to be back here as we hope all of you are excited to get back to campus 
this Saturday for a one o'clock tip-off against FIU. The Iceman will be in town. It'll be an exciting day. But for now, Mark, thank you so much for joining us on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Congratulations on all your success and all that you're doing now back here at Eastern Michigan in the city of Detroit in the Southeast Michigan community. Uh, we, we can't thank you enough. We know you have a busier schedule than even some of our student athletes. So taking the time to, to be a part of the show today. Alex, thank you very much. Anytime you need me, I'm always here for you. I appreciate it. Well, there he is. That's Mark Lee. The resume, too long to recap. So if you want, hit the rewind button. You can listen to the whole interview over and over and over. And there'll still be stuff that you missed because he has got the best information in town. We appreciate him being on the Eastern Insider Podcast. We'll take a short break. Greg Steiner and I back to wrap this episode right after this. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Banquet today, you get the news of the postseason appearance. Going to the lending tree to play Liberty, what was your initial reaction? Man, just excitement. Uh, we obviously had seven wins, so we knew we were going bowling, but finding out this matchup in this location, like I can't wait to have another chance to ball out with my boys, so. How, uh, you've been to bowls. Mm-hmm. Some people say they're too many, but some people also don't realize that it's so much of a reward for what you guys do. What, what do you say to people that say, bowls don't mean anything? I mean, like for my career right now, these past four years, to be able to go out with a bowl win, opportunity for a bull win that's going to be the highlight of my career just hoisting a trophy getting a ring with 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 the team like that's going to be the highlight so it means so much to us players and that's why we're so excited to find out that we're going here you've been to alabama once already for the Mm -hmm. community bowl uh going back to alabama and trying to close out a game that left a bitter taste in people's mouths the last time you were there for sure i mean we uh we obviously all remember that game didn't end the way we wanted to um, so kind of getting a, a, a retry at winning a bowl in Alabama, that's going to be amazing. I know that we ha- you have certainly haven't thought about Liberty or anything like that in terms of scouting them or playing mm-hmm. them, but knowing a team that, that is that plays on a national level like them, it gives you a good matchup. For sure, yeah. I mean, like, they're a good team. We're a good team. I feel like we'll be able to match up with them well. Uh, they obviously have a great player on offense that's very uh, popular right now, Malik Willis. So it's going to be awesome playing against, against town like that. So. Wait, uh, last one. Uh, all MAC teams and, and awards finally come out. What does it feel to have your name so high up there in a lot of those awards this year? Uh, I'm honored, obviously. Uh, I worked really hard. Team worked really hard. Uh, obviously, like all MAC, you don't get that by yourself. You get that with your position group, the offense, everybody around you. So I'm very fortunate to be able to be named in those, and I'm very happy about it. You got every award that you could take home today. How'd that feel? <laughs> Uh, it felt good that, you know, my teammates see what I put it put into this program and just showing what kind of leader that I could be for this program and to my teammates. Working hard and, and patience paying off. We know all kind of know your story of having to get here and, and the trials and tribulations, but 
to hear Coach talk about you being different and kind of the embodiment of that, what does that, that feel like? Uh, I feel great. I feel great that my coach uh, sees what God instilled in me and what my mom put in me just growing up with my family, my brothers and everything, seeing that everything that they taught me, it goes into life, football, everything. So it's great that coach sees that. We, we find out the, the bowl location today. Yes, sir. You get to go to the lending tree somewhere warmer. I yes, know uh, a guy from the south, you like to play in the warm weather. Yes, uh, what was your initial reaction when you heard today that you're going to Mobile? Oh, I was excited. I mean, I was excited before we even heard. I was just, it's just always fun to hear that you're going to another a bowl game with your teammates. You got one more opportunity to go, go live it up with your seniors and everybody, this one team that we had. Last year, no bowl. The year before, you didn't get to play at the, the Quick Lane Bowl. So this will be your first first opportunity. What does that mean for you? Uh, it's exciting. Uh, team that we versed, you know, Liberty. You know, they got, you hear about them all the time. You know, they're highly t televised and everything. So it feels good going against a team that I feel like is competitive and has a great quarterback and somebody we can match up with. So it feels great knowing that we're going there. Giving the seniors an opportunity to go out on top, hoist a ball, and ball out with your guys one more time. What's that going to feel like? Oh, it's, it's going to be a great feeling. Uh, we just want to go over there, like that man, go get, get that trophy and kiss it at the end. Have you been to Alabama before? I've been to Alabama one time, but I ain't, ain't nothing for no bowl game with my teammates. So that's what's exciting about it. Get to live with my boys. Nothing like celebrating at the banquet with getting a bowl announcement. Thoughts uh, on the call today that says you're going to go to Mobile? Oh, it's a fun day, you know, the banquet, celebrating the season, and it's fun to celebrate the season knowing that you got more to go. You know, we have a bad taste in our mouth about um, how the result of, of the last game and uh, just really want to play high level of football to finish things off. And we're excited. We're really appreciative of the Lending Tree Bowl. Got a mobile inviting us, and yeah, it was a, a fun room today when we got to make that announcement. When you first got the call, where were you, and do you remember what was said? Well, actually, it's just final preparations for the banquet, and um, uh, Dylan, you know, told me what was going on. Our DFO, he always knows more than I do. Uh, but then it was really fun to talk to to Jerry Silverstein down um, in Mobile, and he was gracious enough to come to the banquet via Zoom and invite us formally, so appreciate that a lot. This bowl's been around 23 years. The MAC team has been involved in it all but three times. Uh, an opportunity to go to a place that, that a lot of MAC schools have been and a lot of MAC teams have won games too. Yeah, I, I've never been to Mobile. We're, we're just super excited, you know. I mean, it's uh, you know it's an honor to, to be able to get selected to go to a bowl. Um, and this team just has more in us, and we just you know want to keep playing. Opposing side, I know you haven't looked at any video, anything, but getting the opportunity to take on a Liberty team that independent ranks, but uh, that is very talented as well. Oh, no question. I mean, we, we actually know people on their staff. You know, Vontrell was yep. here and on their staff. And, uh, you know, Coach Ricky Hunley, I got to work with when I first got to Drake. Awesome human being, great football coach. And so they've obviously done a phenomenal job there, playing really high level. So we'll have our work cut out for us. But, you know, to, to win a bowl game um, is really difficult to do. And it'll definitely be a quality opponent that we're going to have to play really well against. You're going to have to rely a lot on Coach Fleming too, right? That's right, yeah. So Coach Fleming was there um, even just this last year. And so uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun for him. Uh, Chris, congrats on the bowl appearance and really a great banquet as well. Appreciate it. Go Eagles. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast.
Powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.